Welcome to Buddy Read Podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Nia. And we're roommates. And we're best friends. Thank you very much. I mean, we're both. Exactly. Therefore, mention it. Okay. We also love to listen to audiobooks. Recently, we started Buddy Reading. Or is it listening? Buddy listening? Buddy reading? You know what? It's whichever. Right. And we wanted to share our thoughts. Yep. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So sit back. Relax. Because Buddy Read starts now. Welcome back to episode 14. Hey, everyone. Okay, before we dive into why Nia sounds like that, episode 14, (laughs) y'all. Episode 14, guys. We are here. We are here where this episode will be discussing and reviewing A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Mass. We shall. I hope you guys are ready. Because clearly, Nia's not ready. She is mad at me, y'all. I still want to fight. No fighting. Literally, you walked through the door and that's the first thing you said to me. Because when I saw you and I realized my best friend set me up, I felt like I needed to fight. I didn't set you up. Guys, if you guys have read this book, then you know why I'm feeling the way I felt. Especially after last week's episode. Y'all, I want to fight her. She had me out here looking like a crazy person. Yeah, I like this person. I like that person. Oh, woo, woo, woo. You have to go through it like everyone else did. I don't have to when my best friend lives in my house. (laughs) We live together. Well, yes, we do live together. I'm saying, like, I don't have to go through everything everybody else does when you're a room away. Yes. You're supposed to be looking out for me, not making me go through all this heartache and ups and downs. It's not even pain. (laughs) It's I don't know. It's not it's not even heartache, y'all. It's just I really was not prepared. And I feel like Kimberly was in a good position to prepare me and she did not and that's the cross that i will die on (laughs) apparently i can't i couldn't prepare you because it would have taken away from the story and as much as i wanted to tell you things i couldn't tell you by the way you're gonna hear a lot of clicking and clacking and uh, probably a couple of smacking your girl's not feeling so great so it's cough syrup and cough drops today yeah with echinacea tea but on the bright side i'm feeling better she's feeling better she got me sick and she's feeling better i didn't get you sick i feel like we got sick at the same time okay (laughs) all right y'all all right let's jump into the synopsis pharaoh survived amarantha's clutches to return to the spring court but at a steep cost Though she now has the powers of the High Fae, her heart remains human, and it can't forget the terrible deeds she performed to save Tamlin's people. Nor has Feyre forgotten her bargain with Resand, High Lord of the Feared Night Court. As Feyre navigates its dark web of politics, passion, and dazzling power, a great evil looms, and she might be the key to stopping it. But only if she can harness her harrowing gifts, heal her fractured soul, and decide how she wishes to shape her future and the future of a world cleaved in two. Sarah J. Mass's masterful storytelling brings a second book in her seductive and action-packed series to new heights. Disclaimer, this is a spoilery episode. If you haven't read the book we're discussing yet, check back in with us once you have. All right, question number one. Compared to the first book, 
What are your thoughts or how do you feel about A Court of Mist and Fury? Did the story pull you in? Do you have a favorite scene? A least favorite scene? The people need to know, Nia. People need to know that I am now hooked. <laughs> I need to know what happens next. Um, it's it's a necessity. So I can't wait to start reading. Um, I just, I don't know how, how it happened. The first book, I was just like, oh, okay, all right. Let me get through this book. This book, I'm just like, what's happening? I gotta, I gotta keep going, gotta keep listening. And I'm slightly scared because I think I may have turned into Kim a little bit. And I'm welcome. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Um, my favorite scene yes. would have to be Reese stand when he pulled up on the wedding mm-hmm. in in the beginning. Um, the whole line, hello fair darling. What Say a it. pretty wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was maybe my favorite line from him in this book. What a pretty wedding. <laughs> I don't know why Hello Fair Darling is like it for me. I was like, I could just see it happening. Yeah. Coming out. Like mm-hmm. just like mm. And at that moment I was just like, oh Lord, here he come. Of course it couldn't have gone through. But it's just like <laughs> couldn't what couldn't have gone through? The wedding. Like oh. I was just like, of course something had to happen. I mean, of course we knew something had to have been happening because she was getting like a little bit of cold feet. Not a little bit. She was <laughs> she had the frozen of feet. Yeah, she did. She literally was like, no, no, but nobody could hear her. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved I loved it just because I don't know. It gave that that spice that I was needing in, in the beginning. It gave it gave what it was supposed to give with with Rhysand, um the way his character was throughout the book everything made sense after so I don't know why that I when I come to like my favorite scene that stood out the most I was just like of course he would because he would not allow that to happen with who she is okay I hope you guys get what I'm trying to say because <laughs> what what do you what do you mean by like he wouldn't allow it to happen. Well, I don't want to like say like what she actually is like right now. Can I say it? Okay, we'll talk about it. But <laughs> I, I will say that I disagree with you. I think he still would have allowed it to happen based off of that fact. Oh, really? But it's because she said no because she was saying no that he showed up. Mm. But I, I don't. I, I maybe. Well, I mean, we'll we'll dive into it in the next part. Yeah. So, what would be your least favorite scene? You know, I really didn't have a least favorite. I, not kind of, I pretty much enjoyed myself the whole book. Um, I I really don't have a least one. I, like, where I could be like, oh, I didn't like this in this scene. I, I loved it all. Like, even the quote-unquote bad scenes where it's just like things are coming out and my mind is, like, changing on certain people. Not quote-unquote. There's some bad scenes. <laughs> no, there, there are. <laughs> but it's just like, I... Once I finished the whole book, everything kind of made sense and I don't think I would have wanted it any other way. Yeah. So that's why I can't really pick, like, a least favorite because I really enjoyed every single scene. Even the ones where it hurt to go through initially. Uh-huh. Like, I was just like... Yeah, I like I like what she did with that uh-huh. at the end. I was like, yeah, I needed this. So yeah. And now you're ready for our Court of Wings and Ruin, even if you're mad. Okay, so <laughs> for me, it's no secret that A Court of Mr. Fury is my favorite book. So 
comparing it to the first book, it's obvious I'm going to say something positive uh, or everything positive <laughs> because it's my favorite book in the series. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried this go around about A Court of Mist and Fury before diving in because, as I said in the last episode, I now understand why I skipped the first book. Yeah. And I just go straight into the second book. But I was doubting my love for the series a little bit because I really didn't like I had I didn't have a good time reading A Court of Thorns and Roses yeah. for the show. And so I'm like, did I bring everybody into this series? Because I mean I have you and Toya, aka the reading chemist. She's a part she read the book too. She's already literally done with book three by the way wow um okay <laughs> but i'm like did i bring people in to this series and it's not as good as i'd hoped so i had i had really had like a existential crisis okay um but then i dived right in and I, it just felt like being home again i loved getting back into prithian i loved knowing that things were gonna get better but i ain't gonna lie to you i was getting really annoyed with the tamlin scenes because i, I already knew that resand was gonna come so i was kind of looking forward to the resand yeah. scenes i'm like okay okay we're going through the ifs and ins and out not ifs and but ins and outs of the spring court great you mate you meet ianthe which yeah <laughs> I'm. Ooh. we'll get there yeah you meet ianthe for the first time you know, uh, stuff has happened. Feyre's Feyre, which we'll dive into Feyre on 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 her own. But it, it, I was just ready to get to like resand. I'm like, all right, I need resand to show up. And that scene, I was literally like doing my hair while I was listening to it, and I'm like, finally, yeah, <laughs> I've been waiting for you. Um, my favorite scene though is the scene where Feyre meets the inner circle for the first time. Obviously, yeah, she'd already met. Morgan to a certain degree yeah. but the scene where she's already out of the spring court and she's still contemplating whether or not she wants to work with Resand, um, and she gets to meet the inner circle and they sit at the table and they just have this genuine family dinner where they're just going back and forth showing each other's personalities and all of that Yeah, still my favorite scene to this day from this book I love it I look forward to it I get excited because y'all meet my baby Azriel and Cassian <laughs> and Amrim and Morgan but Azriel <laughs> and yeah that's that's my favorite scene in the book it's honestly it shows exactly why I love this book and why it's my favorite book so yeah what about your least favorite I don't have one okay now I feel a little normal <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have a least favorite scene um for me, we needed all of including the parts where we're still in the spring court and yeah dealing with Tamlin. Yeah. Um I know why they're there. You need that to kind of funnel you into the next book. Yeah. But I don't have a least favorite either. I just thought you would have one. No, I really sat there trying to think of one and I could not at all. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. That's the beauty of a court of Mr. Fury hat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Miss I knew what everything was gonna happen already. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay I still do I know and I it's not that I resent it I'm just mad that you won't tell me I'm not gonna tell you I'm not okay alright I give up no you don't <laughs> you're right <laughs> okay so for our second question um, I guess it's more towards me but you know, I think you can 
say your initial feelings, I guess. Yeah. Um, were you surprised by the direction Tamlin's character takes in the book? What are your thoughts on Thera's character development? Also, shout out to the reading chemist. Toya. Thank you so much for the question. <laughs> um, so yeah. Obviously, I'm I'm tackling it as I've read this specific book at least 25 million times. <laughs> so, um, in the perspective of of when I first read it, was I surprised by Tamlin's direction? Yes and no. And the no part of it is. I didn't like Tamlin. Yeah. <laughs> so there were things about Tamlin from the first book that really kind of stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically with like the punching of the claws every time he got upset. And he got upset a little bit too frequently for my taste. Yeah. Um, the snapping at Lucian specifically. Because he snapped more at Lucian in a, co- in a Court of Thorns and Roses. Yeah. Um. It was those little moments that I kind of kept hanging on to that didn't surprise me that, okay, I guess it just didn't make me feel like, oh, this is a complete 180. Because that's one of the biggest things that's said about the series, whether you like it or you don't, Mm -hmm. is that Tamlin does this complete 180 on his personality and his character. And it's not true to me because I saw it in the first book. It was just, it was very small and minor. And honestly, if you go into it with like the whole like I'm reading this as a fantasy romance, it's it's kind of easy to ignore some of these things. But I saw it my first time. Um, obviously, like I said last episode, there were things and moments in A Court of Thorns and Roses about Tamlin that I forgot that I do like. Yeah. But I wasn't shocked the way his character turned. Mm-hmm. To me, it was kind of like a hello, like he's here. How you doing? <laughs> um, the the yes part is when I first read it, I don't know why I didn't expect Sarah J. Mass to kind of twist the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that I don't know why is because I had already read the first four books of Throne of Glass by the time I read this book. Mm-hmm. So I should have known that there would be a twist. Um, okay. I wasn't prepared for the twist. I wasn't prepared for her to make Tamlin like almost the villain. To a certain degree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's a yes and no. I wasn't surprised. I don't think it was a 180 personality change. But I was surprised in the fact that I think it made the story a lot better. And I didn't expect her to kind of go against the grain in yeah. that way. So, Okay. There's that. In terms of Feyre's development, I finally realized why and how I like Feyre again. Um, <laughs> because once again, last book, I was like, why did I like you? Now, I've said this. She's my she's on my favorite characters list, but she's not at the top. She's yeah. more at the bottom. Um, this book reminded me of why she's on the list in general. And that's because I watch, we watch her kind of grow and learn and figure out and then find it's a lot of stuff because i don't want to say too much because i know we're going to talk about it in you know our greats and our goods (laughs) and our bads and our ugliest if we have any um but that's i i think she developed well in this book and i know that there's so much more in the next book but she developed well and i liked her a lot more in a court of mist and fury than i did in the first book so okay yeah Okay. What about you? So for me, I was very much, <laughs> very much so surprised. 
Um, even though I was very much surprised, it was acceptable in a weird way. Um, because when I really thought about it, I think I was a little, well, I was not a little, but I was very slow when it came to like the little things in, in the first book. Sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I real when it happened, I was like, oh, you know what? That makes sense because unhealthy love tends to lead you to like unhealthy decisions. Things that you wouldn't normally do, you end up doing, and then you you end up in situations you don't need to be. I feel like Tamlin's unhealthy love for Feyre made him do a lot of things. I don't know if he would normally do it, obviously, but it it just put him in this villain role because it wasn't healthy. It wasn't something that she needed because she wasn't a helpless girl in anymore. a way. Yeah. Anymore. And even before, like she wasn't helpless, helpless. No, she I had, feel like she was very brave in a sense. Yeah. She had survival instinct. Yes. That's the best way to say it. She had a lot of survival instinct and he really kind of tried to like dumb down who she was making her this this like little soul that needed saving and you could tell like that wasn't what she needed and it may almost broke her in a sense you know saving or protecting or both protecting i'm sorry no no no. i'm asking saving and yeah saving and protecting both okay yeah and he tried to cage her yeah literally like like you know i was about to say we know why the caged bird sings oh (laughs) you know it can't take you nowhere no but honestly like he really is almost pretty much abusive it's pretty much abusive because abusers like you to rely on them and you have to go to them for everything and he did it whether or not he loved her i don't think that's the question but he he loved her wrongly like it wasn't the type of love that she needed right um there's character development a1 um we see her go from this kind of little girl mm-hmm. in a sense even though she was doing a lot for her family she goes from this like little girl to like this strong woman strong fey high fey high fey yeah yeah i feel like she goes through a lot even down to something that i wouldn't have thought of until like after with her her quote-unquote love for tamlin and her like defending his love for her like just to see how that kind of like dwindled out and to her like acknowledging and seeing the love that Risan gives her that love that is like unconditional you know i feel like that was like the greatest thing for me because it was real most I'm, I won't say most, but like sometimes when women leave abusive relationships, they do end up doing all, oh, he did love me. He did this. He did that. But what about the things that he didn't do? He didn't love you properly. And I found that really great for her to include in the book. And I really loved Vera's character development. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Our final question. Mm-hmm. Mates! <laughs> Mates and the mating bond uh, definitely was center stage throughout the book and the series to a certain degree, but throughout the book. Yeah. Um, however, it really showed towards the end. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the mate reveals in Akamath? The mate revelations, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like they made absolute sense. Um, 
I think uh, the only one that I was really like Ugh, was was Lucian and Elaine. I I really wanted to like no, I'm gonna chop it. I'm gonna cut the main and bond. No, she can't be with that man. I feel like if it was book one, I would have been a lot more excited. Like oh yeah, he's your mate. That makes sense. But book two, mm, no, I. I could not stand behind that. And it really hurt me. Once he, once he said it towards the end that she was his mate, I was like, oh, no. Why can't you get a good one? <laughs> Why can't you get a good one? And I, for all, just as a disclaimer, because yeah, he's not he's not bad. Oh, so you mean, oh, so you mean you didn't want it for Elaine? Yes. Okay. I did not want it for Elaine at all. At all. I was like, not the weak one. And that's... <laughs> Well, dang, <laughs> No, honestly, I I don't like. I generally don't like people like that. Mm-hmm. So I think I really didn't like him at all in the second book because uh-huh. he was that person. Uh-huh. You know, the one that even though they know something is wrong, they do something out of like duty or yeah. loyalty, mm-hmm. and it's just like I I can't take it. If if something's wrong, something's wrong. And therefore, you should be able to stand up and help, you know? And go or, against it. Yeah, go yeah. against it. Defend someone if you know that they're being wronged. And I, I didn't like him for it. I didn't, I didn't like him for it. Maybe in another book, I'll be like, okay, I like Lucian again. The way these books seem to go, I, I be having my mindset on something. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next book is like, mm, but are you really mad? Because here, look, he's a nice person, like Resand. <laughs> but um, I really did like all the bonds, well, all the maiden bonds. Okay, so how many maiden bonds do you think are actually in like present right now? Okay, so I I did I did put a a, a, a mental note that I might be like creating them in my. <laughs> no, I'm asking. Okay, so I have Farah and Resand. I have. Um, Cassian and Nesta. That was never said. I know it wasn't said. How, that's the one that I was talking about where I made it up in my head. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to be hurt if it doesn't work out. I don't know. I can't tell you, but uh, that's not, they're not technically mates. Oh. Uh, they're not technically mates at this point of the book, as okay. far as you know. Okay. So, of course, um, Elaine and um, Lucian. And uh, I, this is another one I made up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, more and um, Azriel. I know. Listen, y'all. Kim is making a face. Okay, those those two specifically. I feel like I'm making it up, but I would love to see it. So that's why I included. It. <laughs> so for clarification, for those of you that have and or haven't read the book, the only two mating bonds, <laughs> the only two mating bonds that technically exist right now, is Resand and Pharaoh. <laughs> And Elaine and Lucian. I told you, I'm like, I but I understand because everyone goes through this. I, not everyone, but I went through this when the story, when I first got into the story. But um, yeah, I really need it. We shall see. Um, I'm not gonna say too much because I definitely agree. Um, I'm no stranger to mates, mating bonds, any of that. I loved, we we read a lot of werewolf books yeah. on Wattpad in college. So <laughs> soulmates is a thing for me. I, I actually love that about books and, and 
folklore and lore and mythology. Yeah. Um, big fan of Feyre and Rhysand being mates. Big fan of the way it was kind of told. Yeah, yeah. I never... Okay, so this is maybe the first time that I have an active problem with Lucian and Elaine. I think I kind of ignored it my first time reading it because it was kind of like, who cares? Feyre and Rhysand! Yeah. And over the course of the 20-odd times that I've already read it, I kind of, it's not that I ignored it because it's, it plays a role in the stories, in the overall plot, I should say. Yeah. But this time around, I felt like annoyed. And I was just like, why? Why? No, that's really what, where, I, where I was. I'm just glad that Tamlin was not Feyre's, um mate. Yeah. Everything in me was like, when Resand was her mate, I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now let's jump into our great, our good, and our bad. <laughs> Not doing the ugly. I know. I know. <laughs> I always say it and I'm always like, are you ever going to do an ugly, Kim? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. At some point. We did an ugly once, we right? did. We did do an ugly once. So we'll still keep it in just right. in case. But there are no uglies. <laughs> okay. So for my greats. Y'all. Or, or greats, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, number one, the storyline. I never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I think that for me still like reigns supreme for this series in a sense so far at least. <laughs> I never know what's going to happen next and I think that's what keeps me hooked at least in this book. Uh-huh. This book had me hooked. Yes. And I think like that alone is like a great. I didn't have anything like with the previous book where I was just like, okay, I could put this down and come back to it like in a week. No, <laughs> this one had me really, really like waiting at the edge of my seat. Like what's going to happen? What are they going to say? Who's going to attack them next? Like what's happening? Uh-huh. And I think like that was, was just great. Um, also, I think my second would be the love story between Resand and Feyre. I just love the way they they love. I love the way Resand specifically loves, and he gave her room to kind of love. Like it wasn't forced on her. Like Tamlin, I think, tried to force it on her, and left her feeling kind of caged. I I thought and felt like Resand's love was a lot more open, and it allowed her room to wiggle. Um. Lastly, I think. I would say, I would still say Farah's, um character development. I think it was great. It wasn't, it wasn't instantaneous, but we saw it like slowly. We saw her changing into like who she is now at the end of everything. The one that can make a decision to like really go and be a quote unquote spy in a sense. <laughs> like I feel she couldn't have been able to do that before at the beginning, you know? Yeah. I think everything that she went through kind of made her stronger and built her up to be that person at the end. And for that, I loved it. Miss Sarah has a fan in me. <laughs> Welcome to the fandom. You're a survivor. What about you? You're almost a survivor of mass destruction. I'm almost, almost. <laughs> um, so I literally had to write points because I would be writing all day. Yeah. Uh, for my grace. But the first thing again not a shock the inner circle uh absolutely love the inner circle for the found family trope um 
they are the reason I love this series. Like, that's just what it is, hands down. I'm yeah. I'm a huge fan of Azrael, of Morgan, of Cassian, of Amran, of now High Lady, Feyre, <laughs> and High Lord Resand. I love their dynamic. I think Feyre blended in well with them. Yeah. Um obviously my favorite is Azriel for a plethora of reasons that the major one being that nobody pays attention to Azriel. I feel like so I feel like he needs all the love in the world and he does from me <laughs> but okay. then um there's also Morgan and uh I I I knew I loved Morgan prior to I guess reading it for the show uh but I t- I redevelop my love for Morgan in this book and I know I'm gonna love her even more in the next book so those two really uh, both Azrael and Morgan mean so much to me Amran means a lot to me but Amran is scary yeah Amran is very scary she's a little (laughs) scary but for real honestly it was the inner circle that really brought me into this story I made this story as uh, one of like the top favorite books on my entire shelves of books behind me um (laughs) Next, to agree with Nia, it's Feyre and Rhysand's romance. Yeah. The frenemies to lovers trope that they have is maybe the best. And I say frenemies because I don't feel like they were ever truly enemies. Yeah. At the start of this book, at least. I think by the end of the last book, the tide was turning. Yeah. So they're frenemies. And they're just the cutest frenemies. I they love, really are. I loved watching them kind of grow into themselves and then come together um that genuine friendship that was being built not just with him but with his entire family yeah meant the world to me um huge fan of face and i'm a face and lover but asriel still is bae um <laughs> last couple of notes world building was absolutely phenomenal I believe in this book more than the first book you got to see a little bit more of Prithian you got to see a lot more of Prithian really um in this book because we're not just in the mortal lands and spring court we go from the mortal lands spring court to the night court and and visiting Valaris which city of starlight my favorite um and then going to adriata in in the summer court to visit tarquin so you get a little bit more a lot more i want to say with this world in this book and it gets better in book three i'm just saying um but i love the world building again i talk about being back in prithian prithian really honestly feels like a place to me in real life and i'm really mad that it's not because i want (laughs) to go visit um and last but not least chapter 54 and chapter 55 Y'all knew I couldn't leave that smutty scene out, okay? Um, chapter 54, because we get to learn Rhysand's journey. Um, yeah. Specifically with Feyre, prior to knowing Feyre, then meeting Feyre, and then obviously under the mountain and everything. Um, and it just, my heart broke for him to know that, like, this is what he's gone through and like for his entire existence he's gone through so much crap and then when he finally finds light in her yeah. she's with one of his enemies yeah tampon i mean tamlin i you know what just shady because <laughs> i'm gonna get to why i called him that in a minute um <laughs> so 54 i love 54 as much as i love 55 because yeah. 55 that's why I went, damn. 
I wish you guys could see her face. Well, everybody, because everybody talks about chapter 55. They're like, chapter 55. Yeah. But for real, no, chapter 55. We see y'all. Resand and Pharaoh. Very much so. We see y'all. <laughs> All right. So that is it for my grades. I did a good job. No, honestly, you did really well. I could have, I could have like longed it out. I could have been winded. I wasn't. Good job, Kimmy. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into our goods. Ooh, this is where I'm gonna get long-winded. I know it. <laughs> uh, first things first. I disclaimer: do not, nor have not, fully. I would say suffer from PTSD. Um, I've I continue to deal with anxiety and depression but I've never suffered PTSD. The reason I'm saying that is because I liked how Sarah J. Mass portrayed PTSD mm-hmm. in this book. Um, to kind of bring it on home for, for y'all, when I first read this book, it was May of 2016. I had just graduated from college. My father was sick because literally my I bought this book a month before my dad passed away so for me reading this book the first time it was all of the emotions that i felt that i couldn't say out loud to anyone and again i don't suffer from ptsd to the fullest extent i think i probably do yeah in a way but not to the fullest extent that i know some people do yeah um so for me pharaoh was like my kin like it was like it's everything that she went through i i was feeling if i even if i wasn't actually doing like i wasn't vomiting my guts up every night um did i have terrors yes not not her level of terrors yeah her level of terrors but i felt like i i I felt like i could relate to pharaoh and reading these parts again kind of brings me back to that place that specific those specific moments when mm. i first read it yeah um and not just Farah's ptsd we we got to see resan's ptsd and i mean that scene where he basically is about to tear the whole house down yeah because of his own nightmares was like i feel you bro like <laughs> i understand and even although i don't like him tamlin we only get like a slice of tamlin's um ptsd outside of him trying to cage her uh, the the night terrors that he experiences like turning into his beast form and just laying at the end of the bed that's not normal right okay even for high fae that's not normal um but i i just appreciate that we didn't kind of jump into the next round of the story without acknowledging the real ramifications that could happen because i mean with immortality the way the stories are always told it's kind of like being immortal is the best thing in the world so once you're immortal everything's great yeah. And this story was one of the first stories for me that I'd read that kind of showed the reality of what that could mean. And like, I mean, look at how much crap she went through. She really did. In the first book. And then how much crap Brisan went through for 50 years. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, Tamla, whatever. <laughs> We're, we'll get to you. But, you know, that, that for me is constantly why I like... I think Sarah J. Mass is writing in general. Yeah. I think she does a really good job of writing and portraying PTSD. Again, I don't suffer from it. So I know that I can't really speak to it in that way. Yeah. But from my personal experience, that's how I feel. Okay? Yeah. Next up on my goods, Tarquin. <laughs> AKA High Lord of the Summer Court. Hey Tarquin. Hey boo. Um <laughs> Tarquin's one of my favorites. And 
I specifically paid attention to him in the first book while reading it for the show. Um, because I was like, yeah, I remember. Now I'm paying attention <laughs> to you. Tarquin in this book, he is the High Lord for Dreamers. And I appreciated his story. I appreciate his character. He is a young, fresh High Lord who's trying to learn the games and the politics behind being a High Lord. But ultimately, he cares for his people. Yeah. And um, uh, 10 more points because he's also Black. <laughs> um, so Tarquin is one of my favorites. These next two, it's weird to say because I don't love them, but they're goods. Nesta. At this point of the story, I don't hate Nesta. Yeah. I don't actually, in general, I don't hate Nesta. Yeah. But I will eventually despise her. So, oh no. In this book, and I'm not trying to, to like, because you might not. That's why I'm yeah. saying you might not. This could just be me. Uh, but right now, in this, I don't hate her, right? I don't despise her in this book. There's shit that she does that pisses me off. But I don't despise her. And yeah. I actually appreciate the fact that she's kind of the sniper snake in the story. I think we needed her. I, we needed that character that's kind of like, I'm not for the shits and giggles. Like, this is what it's going to be. I've hated your kind my entire life. I'm not about to just like y'all because my sister's one. You know, right. like, I appreciated her character. Um, but man, ooh, I'm not going to say no more. Uh, Please don't. <laughs> next is Hybern. What? Hybrid's good is only because he's a really good villain. Like, okay, okay, yeah. And I talked about hating Amarantha as a villain. Yeah, you did. Hybern <laughs> is such a good villain, and I hate his guts. But that makes me love that about him because he's such a good villain. Oh my gosh! Sorry, because reading that last part of the book, I was like, this is why I hate your ass. This! <laughs> Hybrid is such a good villain, and that's it. That's all. Okay. Those are my goods. All right. I tried not to be as long-winded. No, you you were fine. You were fine. Um, my goods, number one, has to be the inner circle. Absolutely love them. That I love the fact that even though they were, yeah, for the most part, completely different in their own ways, when it came to, like, holding Resand down, they came. There was no if, ands, or buts. It was just like, okay, how high? Where do you need me? And they were always there. Um, let me see, what else? Surprisingly enough, I had the sisters. <laughs> I really enjoyed them. Um, not enjoyed them, but I I guess I enjoyed them more this book okay. than um, the, the first, first book. book. I was like, okay, you guys seem a little bit more normal, a little bit more human. Even though they were, I think in my head, the first book, they were just brats. And I think seeing them in this book, I was like, okay, I I think I'm I'm tolerating you guys. Yeah. And I I think I might like you guys. Uh-huh. And I think I really liked Nesta for how she was. Mm-hmm. I'm around people like that all the time uh-huh. that that's my type of person someone who ah, quick 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 got you i got your back and that almost like loyalty to a fault that she has for like um for elaine mm-hmm. 
she only has loyalty to a lady. Yeah, she really, she really she does only have loyalty. She doesn't to have Elaine. loyalty to anyone else but Elaine in this book. So that I loved it a lot. I loved her her loyalty to Elaine. I know it was obsessive. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was obsessive, but I think I loved it because I could see myself being that way, mm-hmm. having that like crazy loyalty. Yes, y'all. I, I can get pretty crazy about who, who I like or, or love. And that that's not to say that I'm sitting around outside anybody's door, you know, looking like a creep. <laughs> but I do, I do, I did love the loyalty that was portrayed in these two books, basically. Um, lastly, I have to say the ending. The ending, and I love the ending more because it didn't seem like a cliffhanger. It was more of a to be continued. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't like, for me, I didn't see it as a just close out right when something's about to happen. It's like, she's about to walk into the next book. Got it. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay that, that's what I'm trying to say. Because like, I was like, uh... It wasn't like, for me, it, I didn't I didn't listen to it like as abrupt. It was more like, I, I know you've got to set us up for that next book. Next book is about to be fire. Got you. That's where I was. So that's why I absolutely love the ending. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That ending, y'all. The ending, I think the ending is what really solidified it. That I was like, okay, yeah, I love this book. Because so much happened. So much. So, I'm sorry. Like, I literally had to look off and be like, well, yeah, there was really a lot. Yeah. There was really a lot. And she did a really good job of, of hiding certain things. I, she did. I forgot what it was like to be like, oh, right. This is how we found out that she's high lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, okay. One thing I do want to say, I don't know if you would agree. Um, there was a lot happening in the ending, like we said, but it wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't. I We needed that because it, it kind of like the pace kind of slowed down a bit with like them being mates. Yeah. And everybody. I mean, I was caught up in that mating bond and relationship yeah and we promised to protect and serve yeah all of that. i was caught yeah. up in it um and then obviously we have, we have the war going on but it definitely that ending needed to happen the way yeah. it did it was not overwhelming at all yeah i definitely enjoyed it um but that brings us to our bad do I, you have a bad i have one bad Okay, I did not have a bad. So take it away, Kim. You have two slots to fill. So uh, really and truly, I think it's, it's 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 because I've read it enough times. I love that Resan was basically the polar opposite of Tamlin, right? Yeah. Or to Tamlin. Yeah. Um, I love that he was in every way. When you thought he was the bad guy, when you see that he's the good guy. Yeah. And I love that he gave Feyre, he tr- he showed Feyre this, this world of you can be and you can choose to be. But Jesus Christ was I over the, it's your choice. 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 Like, it was kind of like, we get it. It's her choice. And you know, a lot of, a lot of it is that Feyre really was so clanked down caged by Tamlin in the first part of the book that she really didn't realize hey this is normal human rights honey I mean you're not a human but these are right. normal these are normal rights honey right. so it was like that's where it was just like alright 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 we said we get it it's your choice it's my choice it's my choice it's your choice we got it 
Um, in that aspect, I think there was a lot more telling than showing that I didn't yeah. pick up on until this reread. And I'm like, oh my god, how many more times y'all gonna say your choice? If I have to drink, if I take a shot for every time y'all say your choice, I'm gonna be drunk. <laughs> um, but that's bad. That's it. That's the only bad I have. Okay, that was a, a real bad. Yeah. I mean, it's my favorite book. I'm not gonna have like a real, real bad. But this I, was... I thought you were kind of like something that I didn't see, like boom, boom, boom. And I was about to be like, oh, wow, you're right. No, no, no. Because you read it like 50 billion times, you probably would see that. But yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I was okay. I didn't have a bad at all. I really tried to think of one, could not. It's okay. We used, I used to be you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. Our moral of the story. So uh, I did it again with the whole, like, I took a quote from the book. You know, we did that in Snapped. Oh. <laughs> My moral of the story is don't let the hard days win. Mm. That was said by Moore. Um, the full quote is, there are good days and hard days for me, even now. Don't let the hard days win. It is my favorite quote from this book. And I think it perfectly summarizes the story. It sure did. Don't let the hard days win. It sure did. And here, here I come with my little um, elementary school one. What? What'd you get? What'd you oh, say? so it was the first fit isn't always the best fit. <laughs> Sorry, why'd I laugh? <laughs> but the first fit isn't always the best. The best fit. And that is a- in comparison to yours, I'm just like, ooh. No, it summarizes the story too because literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. What about our rating? I gave it a five out of five. I, mean, I wish you guys could see Kim's face right now. It's literally like, I'm not going to change it. It's five out of five. Duh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I really couldn't find any wrong. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I feel like the third book is going to be like earth shattering for me. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, it was a five-star read for me, too. Still a five-star read. Even when I find faults, it's still a five-star read. So. Yeah. Bloop. And our next read will be, of course, A Court of Wings and Ruin. And I am looking forward to that. Yes. A quick announcement. Yes. For the A Court of Frost and Starlight episode, we will be airing that episode on Tuesday instead of Thursday of that week because Thursday is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day in the US. So yeah. <laughs> since it's a novella, I think we could get through it pretty quickly. Yeah. And get that episode out in time uh before Thanksgiving because we're going on a break. Yeah, we are. But yeah. Can't wait, y'all. See Thanks. you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, CastBox, and Anchor.fm. Remember to follow us on Twitter at BuddyReadPod. And Instagram at BuddyReadPodcast for all of our live reactions and updates.